Hello, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Movement. I am Kyle Fincham, and I don't have a guest today. Uh, what I'm presenting to you today is a, a conversation that Josef Bartz and I had in person while I was in Berlin, um, and we're both making uh, the recording available on our own podcasts. Uh, at the same time. So while I'm publishing it here on Behind the Movement, he's also publishing it on his uh, podcast as well. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited to share this with you and uh, I'll get to it momentarily. Um, but first, my announcements. Uh, There's some Infinite Play events coming up. Um, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be in New York doing a two-hour pop-up in Prospect Park and it's a donation-based event um, so if you're anywhere near New York I would love to see you there um, so yeah that's tomorrow that's August 27th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Um, yeah if you want the exact location um, it is on my Instagram page just uh, at the infinite play guy um, and then coming up in September on the 17th and 18th, I will be in Ottawa, Canada for a two-day event. And then on October 8th and 9th, I will be in Portland, Oregon for another two-day event. If you'd like to register for either of those, you can go to my website, kylefincham.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe for my weekly moves letter that I send out uh, every Thursday morning, maybe late Wednesday night, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, but I always put some thoughts and ideas and reflections in there and also uh, updates and things uh, that I have going on. Um, yeah, so if you want to uh, stay up to date on that, you can subscribe on pretty much any page on my website. Um, yeah, I think those are all my announcements. We'll get to this uh, special episode now. Um, yeah, Joseph Bartz and I had the opportunity to meet up and connect and have a, a number of really nice conversations while I was in Berlin. Um, during one of our conversations, we kind of got into, you know, the, the, the financial aspect of movement, whether it be in the teacher position or the student position, and uh, it led to some really, yeah, inter interesting places as we talked about it. And, um, you know, we're both trying some some maybe slightly different things in, in the movement space. I know Yosef is doing a, a year experiment of doing free or donation-based classes. I'm doing a number of donation-based events as well as trying some sliding scale uh, options for people. Um, but yeah, we got into a little bit of a conversation about that. We said, you know what, why don't we meet up again soon and we'll record something uh, about this. Um, and uh, what you're about to listen to is that conversation. Um, yeah, so we're both making this one available on our on our own. Um, yeah, our own podcast. I think uh, Yosef will also be making it available on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, listen to it wherever you want. But if you're here now, you may as well listen to it on this one. Um, I. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you have some thoughts or uh, questions or feedback after, always feel free to, uh, to send it my way. 
But here it is, um, the conversation between Yosef Bartz and I on the economics of movement. Okay, Kai, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't specify at all um, how we start and who will start. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it matters too much. I think uh, I'm in the, always in the habit of like starting in the middle. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we, we sit here at this table mm -hmm. and we want to discuss an important uh, matter. Our topic is the economics of teaching and how is this approached? What are the what is the attitude towards um, what is a, how can I say a word not using money but how can I say a sort of you know nice Latin word here like mm -hmm. a sort of a nice word like the to of, of uh, the giving back and forth is there a nice word for this english mm. word yeah like um i don't know some sort of like reciprocity for yeah i also for thought about this word but yeah. and then i wasn't sure that's what i often think of it as though Indeed. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a good start. Mm -hmm. To is do you think this is um this is what's happening when so uh one thing is given mm -hmm. from one person to another person and then the other person gives back. Yeah. How should this be approached? <coughs> I think that I mean this is I think why we ended up wanting to like talk about it some more is that like um, we're in this like space where everything is turned into a bit of a product, right? Um, so something to be purchased and and owned and consumed or something. And as a society, we are in this space, or who is in this space? I think that the world, at least that I exist in, you know, okay. I don't know how it is here, but you know, coming from the U.S., I think that everything is almost uh, seen as a bit of a commodity. Right. So it's uh -huh. uh, everything is some sort of product, whether it's uh, a tangible item or maybe thoughts or ideas can end up becoming commodities in some ways. Um, and I think what I was saying the other day is that it it might be a bit of like a, a privilege to have everything be a commodity, but also be um, a limitation in the sense that <clears throat> life has been kind of you know, sanitized and, and maybe made safe in a way where we don't have to exist in, you know, our tribes and our communities is the way that they used to be. But it also means that everything can be turned into a commodity because we don't need to exist that way and kind of count on people in the way that we used to. Whereas, you is this know, a bit of a hen egg thing, like what comes first, like what is... So the commodity, can you explain this word for the, because I needed an explanation from yeah, you and I think for many people, yeah, they don't know what it means. Commodity is like a product, like everything being a commodity would be like everything being something you could purchase in some way, something purchasable as a commodity. And if you, 
So, and if you approach things like this, that everything or everything that you make things into a commodity, mm -hmm. it creates what? I think that in it means that some people have access to ideas, information, concepts, or wisdom, and some people don't. Um, when those when those things are are turned into commodities, mm -hmm. because it's only for the people who can purchase those things or, or have access to them. But When, isn't it always the case that only some people have uh, access to certain things because it's there's also like limitations to the distribution of goods? Totally. I think that at other times in history though, I think that things like wisdom we might have or ideas or, or concepts We may have, we may have wanted everybody in our, our community to have access to them because it would have supported the, uh, I don't know, the ongoing life of that community. Um, but when we don't have to worry about those things, it's some some of these ideas that might not have been commodities in the past are commodities now. Mm. And sometimes that's how I feel about, I don't know, some of the things that are shared in in movement spaces or, or things like that where, I don't know, some of the things weren't maybe weren't so inaccessible in the past and were only for like uh, the people who could afford them. But at the same time, this is, um, how do you say, this is meeting this point in time where so many things are freely accessible, no? Mm -hmm. Like through the internet, I mean. True. There's so many things that are Like the amount of knowledge mm -hmm. and information and so on that is accessible today, probably we can say it grows so much in a second that it's like m what is uploaded in a second is probably more than that was available, like the human knowledge that was available to a person, I don't know, few hundred years ago or something like this mm -hmm. probably like every second like so much gets uploaded that that would be i mean there, there's an unlimited amount of information it's far from all information there are definitely things that are not on the internet because some people think like everything is on the internet and that's far from true there are many many things that are not on the internet that cannot be found there that are still just in the real world mm -hmm. And at the same time, there is a bit, I would say, this, um, uh, how do you uh, say when you have this rope fight where one group is on the other? Tug of war. Tug of war. Okay. You have this tug of war between these two, no? Like there's this, all this information uh, free um, in a sense, like, like free like this, because a lot of this also based... I mean, there's this idea of that you are the product, you know, like when you use Google or YouTube and mm -hmm. and this stuff, then they receive information about you and then they basically sell the information about you uh, to place advertisements. So let's take this out of, let's take this out of the um, equation for now. And... On the other hand, it meets, yeah, exactly what you say. 
what meets your claim that things are m more and more maybe uh, put into a commodity mm -hmm. what's the relationship between these two because I feel you know on the other hand there is a mentality of everything should be freely available mm -hmm. and on the other hand there is a And the other side of the rope is we can make a product out of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that with regard to the internet, just real quick, I think the thing that's interesting about that is I think that knowledge is available on the internet, um, but not necessarily understanding. Because to me, understanding is like, is, is experiential. Yeah. Um, so that, is one of like the the great limitations is that it's not the same as like putting our hands in the dirt you know mm -hmm. um and i understand the idea that uh yeah the the, the dance between kind of freely accessible and everything being a product is kind of the the as you said the tug of war I think what I struggle with the most is the idea that <clears throat> that understanding our rich potential for understanding through like experience is the thing that falls into like the, the product or commodity category. Um, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of the other things I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not quite as torn about. Um, it's more that like, I think that the world has the potential to look so, different when people have access to some of the the some of that potential for understanding you know um because i think that things that you're sharing or i'm sharing you know whatever it is whatever the um, the different vehicles are whether it's you know movement or craftsmanship or grappling or, or whatever the different approaches in some ways it's often just like a uh, a vehicle for for wisdom or vehicle for a richer understanding or a vehicle for a message and i don't know i think to myself like when these messages really matter you know don't we want them to be in the hands of a lot of people and maybe it's not removing any sort of reciprocity from it but maybe i don't know Maybe it looks different. Maybe sometimes it's direct. Sometimes it's indirect. Maybe it's creating opportunities where people can give what they can. I, I don't know what it is, but I, yeah, I guess I, I just think if the message matters, there, there, there might be different layers of creating that sort of availability. That, mm -hmm. that, 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 that isn't just the, the knowledge piece. And do you have a suggestion how to do this? What you... I mean, like I, I mean, I've had the opportunity to play with a, a few different ideas. Nothing is like terribly fruitful because in the end it's like, you know, we, we live in expensive places and also continuing to create and share can cost quite a bit. Um, but I've had very nice experiences like playing with doing things that were free and having people give money or give as like donations or you know people have lent me cars and given me books and coffee and taken me out to dinner so people want to support whatever the endeavor is in some way you know but i've also played with 
different donation based things or also just um, sometimes just not charging a large amount in ways that are kind of really playing to like an upper echelon, you know? And I think that, I don't know, I've been in a lot of places where I've taken classes or workshops and I've looked around and I felt like I'm seeing a lot of the same person, you know? And I don't know, there must be ways that, uh, that allow these things to get into the hands of, of a lot more different people, you know? Especially if the message matters. As I said, you know, I, I believe that some of this stuff is just packaged wisdom that would have been shared throughout a community, maybe in a tribe or, or, or smaller communities, because they realized, wow, if everybody had a piece of this, if it had been handed down to everybody, you know, the, the whole tribe benefits from it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know you're doing a, a donation-based year here. I don't know if uh, if yeah. that's an emergence from some of this thinking or if it's from something else. Um, no, yes. Um, okay, donation-based is first of all tax-wise not the wrong, mm -hmm. uh, not the right word. I have mm -hmm. to say, yeah, it's also written on my website. Mm -hmm. So it's in a sense not donations, but mm -hmm. people pay for it. I still pay normal taxes mm -hmm. on it yeah just that no one writes me after a year they want to get their donation certificate for the german tax office okay, <laughs> okay. wrong word <laughs> uh okay i'm doing this year my group training for free what is the reason why am i doing this the main reason is that the corona time has created such a confusion about what is possible, what can we do, what can we not do, and there was a lot this, okay, now we can do a bit of training, uh, but only in this configuration, and now not anymore, and it was a very, oh, I think both of us, we have to sit a bit like this, because the microphones are a bit down, so if someone is writing, why do you have such a bad posture, then just don't write it because it's because of the microphones <laughs> yes thanks um, yeah it created this huge attack on uh, on this on my group class and what was this huge attack on my group class and I think everyone can relate to this that is doing similar things that it has been very difficult time so I thought okay this is at the this is like the group training is in a sense shattered anyway from this time so it's the money that is coming in from this is is very little so it's it's a good opportunity to do an experiment and the experiment is this that for one year the group training is for free but people can donate it's in a sense not this type of thing where I assume people will donate, you know, because there is for free, but actually the assumption is that people are giving money, no? This is a, is a sort of a, how do you call it? Like it's, a, it's, it's a, like you can come and don't give money, but it's expected that you give money, mm -hmm. yeah? Here the situation is not like this because it's an open experiment. I 
I don't expect anything to happen in a sense. Obviously, I have things I would like to happen, but there's no real expectation from me. But the idea is to uh, rebuild the group training after this Corona time. And I want to see what happens if it's for free, how many people are coming if it's for free. Is the price of the training really a thing? Like how much is it a thing that people come? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. There are many different layers to this also, obviously, like because the price of, let's say, 50 euro a month would be another experiment compared to a price of 150 euros a month. Mm -hmm. So there could be also experiments in itself, uh, which is always a bit of a question mark in, let's say, things where the situation is that I mean obviously there's a limit to the people that can attend one class yeah uh, but it's not like a one-on-one -on -one session where the limit is one so you have some you have some possibilities there to play with the price if you want to have the same outcome let's say that your outcome is you want to uh, uh, get 100 euro per month, let's take it super simple, yeah, for the mathematics, 100 euro per month, so obviously I can say, okay, I just need one person in the group training pays 100 euro, or I have 10 people and they pay 10 euro, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what happens if I charge 50 euros a month? What happens if I charge 150 euros a month? What happens if I charge zero and people donate? Like how much money is actually, um, coming around for this. This is not my experiment. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I mean, in a sense, I don't even have data for, uh, like I have, I obviously know how much money comes in because I obviously t keep track on this, but um, I haven't actually not taken much track. Like I haven't looked how much money came in through the group training in the last month because that was not something I was interested in. I was interested in seeing how many people are coming to the group train now another question rises up what what's about the seriousness of uh, attendees because one thing is to uh, <laughs> one thing is to attend somewhere and one thing is to and another thing is to attend something seriously how much is money how much is the fact that you have to give or that you can give and these are two different things affecting your seriousness in the participation so what i mean is obviously if someone is paying to exaggerate 1000 euros per month for something and that's a significant amount of what this person earns so it's not the shake of whatever but yeah there's a significant amount of what the person has it's likely that the person that there will be uh, a certain seriousness is it because the person is giving so much money or is it because only if you're serious you are giving so much money it's a again can be this can be can be that so now if someone is not giving anything back is this a drop on the seriousness obviously that's individual but it's a, it's a question rising up it's actually one of the main questions that i have 
that I observe, mm -hmm. where I observe the participants, you know, like how often do they come, how do they approach it and so on. Because, you know, one thing is I clearly said this will be only for this year. I will never do this again in my life. I will never do this group class for free in my life. I never say never, who knows, yeah, but this is what I put out now as information. Um, so in a sense, wouldn't it be the rational thing for a participant that likes the training to come this year all the time and take as much information out, especially for for players, for participants of the game mm -hmm. that don't have the money to afford paying money for it. Mm -hmm. But still, I don't think this is happening. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's happening that people are coming all the time. As I said, I don't take such such accurate mm -hmm. track on it, to be honest. But I see, obviously, I uh, this person I see all the time, this person I don't see all the time. And we have this tool where you say I'm coming or I'm not coming. Yeah, and they can also see, no? Um, so that's already interesting. Like, although it's for free only this year, it doesn't necessarily make people take the opportunity to come all the time. Obviously, because everyone has their other stuff also mm -hmm. to do, but it's still an interesting bit of, uh, of information. So these are all things I'm unsure about. I'm definitely a skeptic to this for free thing. So I'm not doing it because I believe it's such a great thing. I'm doing it because I want to see if it grows the group training again. But I'm also, for example, thinking about the other the other protagonists in Berlin that are also teaching group trainings. And I was thinking, is this actually ethical if I provide my group training for free? You know, is this okay? Because other people are charging for the group training. Yeah, so if you are listening to this and you are also providing group trainings in Berlin it's definitely an apology from me that I do this experiment because um, I don't want to take participants or money away from from other people mm -hmm. this doesn't this really doesn't feel good for me so there is some problematic implications about also like giving things for free if other people earn their living with uh, a group training which I don't definitely don't do this year obviously because uh, it's for free but yeah I have my other things like my workshops my courses my mm -hmm. online stuff that I um, that we as a team earn our money with so yeah I'm I'm a skeptic when it comes to this free stuff mainly because uh, to do something professionally needs resources. This is my claim. And we have also in our pre-talk, we have uh, scratched this a bit because, and I will come to this in a, in a second. So first of all, only because, yeah, if I, so, okay, that's, that's the first premise. So I, if I give something for free, doesn't mean I receive for free. So if I go to the supermarket, I still need to pay. Mm -hmm. And I can also not bargain with the uh, person that is sitting at the cash out at the supermarket. And, hey, can I, yeah, I teach this group training for free. Can I 
only pay 10 euros instead of 15 today. Obviously, it's impossible because they are in their in this system. It's just not the world we're living in. Obviously, if we would be in a village, mm-hmm. yeah, and there would be the farmer in the village, and the farmer knows I'm, I'm doing this yoga class that's for free, and then the farmer gives me some potatoes for this. That's a completely different situation. But we live in the in this hyper. In in a sense, we live in a world where we have so many connections that we are completely disconnected from each other. No, mm-hmm. yeah, that there's no connection to the supermarket there. Although I go there, you know, there's a supermarket where I go to. Yeah, like for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. But do you think anyone recognizes me there? I mean, maybe, but right, it's there's like no humanizing of anything. The, exactly, there's no connection. There's no real connection. No, also yeah. from me, like I don't feel super loyal to the supermarket. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a supermarket of a big chain with one thousand or maybe ten thousand supermarkets in Germany, or who knows, like how many they have and 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 it's all like this this village um uh thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is that's it's just not happening so i can sort of simulate this you know no like you said like okay you were teaching this for free and then people sort of village like were giving you like books or um, helping you out if you needed a car, blah blah blah, yeah. But it 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 always stays sort of intra small circle thing, no? Like it's not that suddenly you go to the airport and then they tell you, okay, yeah, just bought this flight for free today or mm-hmm. something like this. So this is the first premise. Like I still have to pay at the supermarket, full price. They don't give me any discounts, yeah. Same with your landlord. I don't say my landlord because I live, uh, it's owned by a relative. So actually I can talk with my landlord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but for most people that's um, not possible. Yeah, to bargain with the landlord or with the electricity provider and so on and so forth. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that money or that resources uh, aka money is providing um, possibilities to do things let's say if the provider of something has a certain amount of money they can continue with their education they can buy equipment they can Blah blah blah. They can put uh, things back into how do you say into the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost a, a double benefit for the participants. It can be like the participant pays and for this receives the class, but through paying makes also the class better mm-hmm. because the person can buy a new tennis balls or something or can buy tennis balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't buy before. This premise number two, like the that when you put money into something and the money is used well, you're actually improving the service that you receive. Um, and do I have a third one? I thought I had a third one. 
Well, what you're talking about makes me think about like the um, like sliding scales, which I think are really interesting approaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I've also started playing with a little bit, and also um, doing things that are donation based, but also say like this is a recommended donation, but no one will be turned away due to lack of funds. I think that that's interesting. Yeah. And then I also like this one that I did not too long ago. Um, I participated in, I, I paid, but it was kind of like there were three price points. There was this high and a middle and a low. Yeah. And at each one, the person's life at that level was kind of described. So maybe at the highest level, it might say like, you know, you own a home and uh-huh, you uh-huh, uh-huh. are not living paycheck to paycheck. Uh-huh. And, you know, describe what you're like. You, maybe you own a car, you know, and then the middle level, maybe it says you're a renter and maybe you uh, live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, this is what your life looks like. You ride a bike, you don't own a car or something. I don't know. And then the lowest level is like, oh, you know, you are maybe have to you know, live with a friend or a relative. Like you can't afford to rent something right mm. now. And maybe you're out of work or seeking a job or you work multiple jobs or something to create these like layers so that there's different spaces for people to jump in at, um, which I think is so valuable, not just Mm. for like the passing on of like things that I say, like are, are to me more like wisdom that can support community and culture, uh, but also getting much more diverse groups together. You know, if it's always kind of like that top tier thing, you know, we get a lot of the same people who are coming from the same body of experience and simply from a level of like empathy and compassion, the more different people we have coming together, like the more perspectives we're getting and the more we can kind of um, connect with people that are not the people that we always see next door to us. This is this I find also very interesting. And this I, for example, I find it also very sad that through the how do you say the um, different values of currencies in the world already people are mm, it's made very hard for people in certain places in the world to participate in for example my stuff although I teach online and sort of everyone could participate obviously if you live in a country where you have the a normal job that would usually allow you in Germany to participate but you cannot participate because your currency is the values much less compared to euro mm-hmm. yeah this i find is an enormous problem mm-hmm. i mean it's it's basically this is the um the base of our economy uh, of our globalized economy no that the that the um currencies have different values or people get paid less for the same work in other countries and this is also how we can have shirts that are like just five euros a shirt and if you know how long it the whole process takes and the the resources needed then it seems pretty ridiculous that a shirt is only costing five euro but it's possible because of this weird situation we are in and it creates a lot of inequality and also a lot of inequality in access to goods Mm -hmm. that are 
on the one hand very easily accessible let's say it's an online course that can be just downloaded mm -hmm. but the thing that uh, needs to be charged let's say obviously there doesn't need to be anything needs to be charged you could say but or the the price that is uh, decided is a price when I decide my price obviously I think about Germany and I think about okay what if this course would be bought by let's say 100 people and uh, the course should make this and this money so I divide it okay and this is the price that I come up with but then what about yeah people from for example South America where sometimes people uh, attending and I know there are uh, a few people that uh, like my stuff there but I know also that it's always difficult for people from these uh, regions and only certain people can really afford to attend maybe yeah, because they are in a business that is paid very well or because they have connections they are like themselves actually working internationally or 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 you know but yeah so I've to sum this up I have thought many times should I have like for the online stuff should I have prices differently for regions in the world and I cannot really do it for stuff where I teach one-to-one -one because just my time is not allowing it like I need to make a certain amount of money per time and if I would uh, to pay my bills and if I uh, would say okay I charge less then at some on another end I need to charge more mm -hmm. I mean that could be a possibility to say hey and this is something that is a system nowadays no like if you are in the supermarket you have all this stuff where in Germany you have this company I think it's called I think maybe I don't know if it's German or they have an English name share and it's like okay you buy one chocolate bar and then I don't know if someone in a different country also gets a chocolate bar I think they get more oh, something yeah, like yeah. a mm -hmm. bottle of water or what you, you know like like okay you you pay a bit more and for you it's just a few cents but in a different country this is a whole meal for a whole day it's sort of nice no it has its own problems mm -hmm. definitely um, uh, many problems probably but but I think that might be also a possibility, no? To say, okay, if you can, if you're in this first hire, like you, yeah, like you said, like okay, you own a house and you own uh, three lions and a tiger, <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> then you can pay something more, and this allows uh, someone else that can usually not afford it to then maybe also receive one-on-one -on -one coaching or something like this because one thing also is which is i think the problem of the work that we are doing the people that have a lot of time and can devote of energy to it they have very little money and the people that have uh, uh the money to really pay for the stuff usually don't have so much time but they're busy because they are busy and this is creating a very weird or funny situation that that uh, this stuff, I think it also lives from people that are really devoting their time. Mm -hmm. At least for me, you know, not. I like to, for me, it's very important to work with people also that have very little time and to say, okay, here's your three hours per week mm -hmm. stuff or just your, your 90 minutes per week, you know, okay, here, three times 30 minutes, do this. Okay, yeah, the doctor, three kids, 
or something like this or, or uh, yeah, blah 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 okay that, that they can do this um but what this but sort of the base of of a practice such as this is also that people are really devoting themselves mm -hmm. because otherwise it becomes just this that it's a it, yeah this is this thing that is done for 90 minutes mm -hmm. a week but it shall be something whereas the fun whereas the foundation of people that are really devoting time mm -hmm. each week but these people are people in a different like in a in a situation where economically they don't need much money and then the money that they have they can afford for this and they have obviously in uh, a certain base of people like this they work enough so that they can pay their rent and their stuff and that they can uh, uh, that then they do like you know 20 hours of devotion for this practice mm -hmm. per week but then obviously they like they don't have kids like it's highly likely maybe like one percent of these people has a family in that sense and they yeah they are usually below 30 years old and and so on and so forth and obviously that's also not what i just want to work with but i also want to work with people that are also that are already really arrived in a certain life like okay they already have their their things their clarity their work they're settled in but still they can benefit Uh, from from this work a lot and yeah this idea with the different price tires I really like I have never implemented it yet but be, and I think the main reason is why I have not implemented because I then always wonder what like how to do this well like shall people decide themselves or like yeah I think that there's something about kind of like just the describing of the categories that ask people to kind of like I don't know turn on Michael Jackson man in the mirror for a moment and really think about like who they are like what what like who what category do they fill like you know I think sometimes sometimes people think they're the middle category but when then it's described on paper and they see oh well I do own a home and I do own a car And I think I that's a, a very, very important point. Sorry, very sorry for interrupting, but I think that's a very important point. And this may be the point where I lost a bit the faith in mm. people because, or where I think it needs to be done in such a way that is more clear. Because mm. I think when people tell me, and this happened like often enough to me, yeah, I don't have money, like, can you give me a discount? Blah, blah, blah. I can say, okay, okay yeah, here. Here's a discount. Okay, come, comes to the workshop. And then because my eyes my ears are always open, yeah, I hear conversation there. Yeah, and last week I was on this festival <laughs> in Norway and before that I was in the Netherlands and doing this crazy thing there and so on. And I feel like why do you tell me that why do I have to give you a discount? If you're making all these experiences, why is it not your um uh pflicht duty your duty to decide what is important for you yeah you want to do everything so you ask everywhere for a discount mm -hmm. instead of saying okay you cannot do everything currently because you don't have the funds or you need to just work more maybe because there are also enough people you know they're not really doing any work i mean they're just 
out like 20 year olds i mean you know mm -hmm. they're just out there and uh yeah searching for experience and so it makes a lot of sense i really i if you don't do this like if you're 20 years old and you're not like like going here and there and, and making lots of experience you're doing it wrong probably but on the other hand is also okay then like how are we solving this like why did i why did i actually give you a discount you know like mm -hmm. or shall we what i sometimes felt that was not so cool like mm -hmm. i gave a discount but i felt like you you are the one that is benefiting from this a lot and it's not so clear if the world is so much benefiting mm -hmm. from this like what are you actually then giving back mm -hmm. you know and sometimes people ask me like ah, i don't have money uh, is there some work that i can do for you but i have my things set up you know i have all my people like i can ask so many people f to help me if i if i need the help and usually if i ask for help then or if it's like something bigger then i obviously pay for it and and then i have enough people that i gave a lot so if i ask them it's sort of like their opportunity now to give back mm -hmm. so if people write to me ah, is there something i can do for me it's like you know i can already ask so many people like i have uh uh i don't know how to say this in english but i yeah i still have uh unused credit mm -hmm. for many people that that right, i who still, who throughout still, who, the who, who still have something that they owe you or, or yeah, yeah you okay. know and at some point if you do this a lot then it someone becomes a bit like yeah i have a lot of credit with with people but i, I can barely use it like what am i using it mm -hmm. for i mean we can now build the the tower of babel mm -hmm. You know, or, or what shall we do? Like, I mean, at some point, what I need is just, just money because, because money is such a smart thing, actually. Like, it's 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 very uh, the devil is a bit inside there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty clear, yeah. But also, on the other hand, this is the money is stored work. You know, is stored. Someone has worked, and here's a like here's a credit. This is and this you can use, and you can use it then for everything because everything translates into money. Like you said, everything becomes a commodity. Mm -hmm. This also means that I there's no negotiation problems. Like if I go to the supermarket, I don't have to uh, ask them ah. Oh, yeah, I want some potatoes. Would you like to get a movement class for this? Ah, no, sorry, I don't need that. Okay, then shit that I cannot get any potatoes. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we have money and say, okay, potatoes cost five euro. Okay, here, yeah, five euro. Okay, goodbye. It has good and bad things, but it, I mean, it allows very easy trade. Yeah, well, I think I see that it's just, um, I mean, I've gotten to like witness your life and you're not somebody who seems like seduced by like uh, the culture of abundance, right? Like, um, I think I've, I've crossed paths with plenty of people who, you know, want more money so that they can have more things, so that they can like exist in like the, the, yeah. the abundance world. And I think that, you know, your reflections are so honest and authentic because you're, you're not expressing this desire for 
I don't know, this, um, I always say it's this like upward trajectory of life that we're led to believe is what, what it's supposed to be. Like our bank account keeps getting bigger and bigger and our house gets bigger and we accumulate more things. You know, what you're proposing is more just like, how is this a way that I can continue to, to swerve along through life and do like the squiggly line of like change and, and, uh, experience and, and, you know, evolution while being able to like support that, you know, you're like, I just need to be able to continue to like row my boat and fix my boat. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is a nice uh, continuous. Yeah. Story. And, and I think, uh, yeah, I think what I struggle with is, you know, once, once like values are kind of wrapped up in like what we're sharing, it becomes so personal, right? It's, it, it kind of surpasses that feeling of it being a product. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like an art or like a piece of you that you're, you're wanting to like give people access to. So yeah, if someone doesn't maybe treat it with any sort of value when, when you've, when you've gifted a piece of your art to them in some way, and then you overhear them saying, Oh, well I went at this festival and did this and, and that. And you're like, Oh, well I can't believe you didn't value this piece of me I wanted to share with you. That's not just a product. That's not just a, you know, I make headphones and sell headphones. You're like, no, no, no. This is like, I'm sharing my beliefs with you. I'm sharing my, my, my ideas or my, my, my wisdom or my, what which I, can be also present in good headphones. Yeah. Which can be present in good headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, your, your values. And I think that that's where I say where I struggle, where I'm like, oh, like once my, my vision for the world, what I wish to see in the world gets wrapped up in like what I'm sharing, A, I want it to be accessible. And also I want people to, uh, I don't know, to, to have some sort of, doesn't have to be reverence, but some sort of uh, respect for it in some way. And, and I get that like it can be you know, a financial exchange, but also like, oh, sometimes if it is a scholarship or if it is like the giving it away, you're like, I hear what you're saying. You're like, oh, I want you to, to understand that I've, I've given you something that I've, I've invested a lot of like energy into and care about because it's part of the way I live my life. It's not just, um, it was never, it never necessarily emerged with a desire for it to be a product. It like emerged out of curiosity and tinkering and, and, and caring and, you know, self-imposed education, you know? And maybe that's why I think the tier thing is an interesting way to do it, you know? And inevitably there will be somebody who says, I can't even, like, afford the bottom tier. Yeah. But at least they're actually having to look in the mirror to do it, and that's where the, when it's, like, given away. Maybe it's more like, oh, well, this person must really need it because they went through all those categories And see, and they still don't see that they that they fit even that 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 lowest financial tier right now, you know. And then there could be a relationship between the tiers, no? That mm -hmm. if someone is in the top tier, someone signs up, mm -hmm. like it opens a slot in the lower tier or something like this. This this could prevent. Like I I like it also very much. This what you said, like no one gets turned away because of lack of funds did I mm -hmm. say it correctly mm -hmm. um, uh, but the w sort of the worst case would be now that 
I mean, no one, <laughs> you know, everyone that shows up, like no one has any money. So, yeah. okay, I, I turn no one away, but no one is paying any money. And because the problem is then things cannot continue. And this is, this is the point that I was making in a sense earlier and with my second uh, premise or second assumption, premise maybe not the right word, um, that, and this is a thought I took uh, from a German uh, businessman uh, called Götz Werner. He's the, he um, founded a big chain of uh, drugstores in Germany, but um, yeah, he's sort of known for, uh, they treat their employees well, and he had, had this book, he wrote a book about um, UBI, Universal, ba universal, universal, basic, universal income. basic Income. In German is Bedingungsloses uh, Grundeinkommen. So I read this book because he was very much into it, that, it's, that it should uh, happen. And one thought I took out of there that I made definitely part of my uh, like philosophy about uh, money, about how I approach it and talk about it is when, maybe the example would be this, when someone comes to your workshop and a good example is if, especially if he pays after the workshop, someone comes to your class and pays, in a sense he's not paying for the class if he pays after because the class already happened but what he pays for is that you can continue and to teach the next class. Yeah, that you can buy your food tomorrow. Because until this point, I mean you're here, you are alive, but that you can also stay alive for the next day. So if you give money to something, it means that you keep it alive, that things will continue. Yeah, and yeah, good that you said this also about the Mm. Yeah, I mean, getting rich and all this, like, oh, yeah, I, I don't even, for me, it's not even a thing, you know, like to talk about this because this is, this is like a children's mm -hmm. or teenager nonsense. I mean, I hope we don't need to, but maybe it's in the, in, in the, um, in the heads of the people so much. Ah, yeah everyone just wants to get money to enrich themselves or some stuff like this you know but for most people that's not the reality they live in if they do real quality stuff i would say like like yeah people like craftsmen artists and so on and so forth they're not in this like to become rich but to they want to continue their stuff there's a need inside of them well, that's that what i mean when i say that work. it's like attached to your values exactly exactly you know? and like that's where there's this like i don't know like i'm i'm here in germany because I care deeply about the thing that I that I'm presenting yes. so much so that I'm like well I'm I'm not going to have an apartment in New York I'm going to put everything in a backpack and I'm going to run off and and share this with as many people as I can it's not the most like a business like approach because I could set up something online or I could try to create a system or some sort of like advanced way of of monetizing it but in in my world and through my lens and my values i'm like no no, no i want to connect with people and i want to like share these ideas you know through the vehicle of movement and the way to do that is to like you know take certain artistic risks 
you know yes you know the painting isn't always a paintbrush on a canvas like sometimes the painting is getting on a plane with a backpack and showing up in parks with gymnastics rings and straps and tennis balls and ideas and uh yeah i think um to to do that and to care deeply about something is like a uh yeah it, it it's not financially fruitful but i do think that like um there is this seduction of abundance and seduction of like words like growth that people are 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 lustful for right and and there are teachers and coaches and trainers that are are drawn in by that and and maybe i don't know maybe there's some way of communicating to the potential students or attendees or 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 players or interested parties that like you know sure this is my business but i'm not a business person you're like i'm here to to share artwork i'm sharing here to share my my perception or i'm here to share values you know and maybe i don't know maybe then people will look at it and and have a different relationship with what they're with what they're getting but also like what they're going to give to have to have access to that yeah and think about it a bit less like a win win lose scenario you know where every time you give money Mm -hmm. to something you are losing no you're actually shaping the world you're mm -hmm. shaping what's happening next mm -hmm. like where you give uh the money to yeah if someone is attending your class and yeah then gives money to it what this is like this is yeah a hit on the button of this shall continue mm -hmm. boom okay tuck. Mm -hmm. that's it because it's so simple you know and and Yeah, I don't know the people that I that that I know that are teaching like in in Germany and uh, that like my friends that are doing similar things. I don't know anyone that is where I feel like this person is interested in enriching mm -hmm. themselves. Like it's all, for all of them, it's a it's a passion and and there is an important there is an urgency obviously that if you do this professionally full time that you can also pay your bills mm -hmm. yeah but i mean that must be no like uh, because otherwise you make it, you do it not professionally you don't do it full time or you become super monastic and you live you know only on the floors of others people apartments but why should it be like this like that you when you teach something that is good and that is genuine that you are not then fully integrated in society in a normal life like just living normally you know like what how other people live like having a home yeah. and going to the grocery store and buying stuff and so on and so forth so i think it's different you know it's interesting i mean i keep having this like vision as we're talking about this of like uh You know when you go to like um like an outdoor market or like a like a art fair mm -hmm. like an arts and crafts type fair mm -hmm. and you're walking through and you're seeing all these artists and some of them are like potters or there's some of them are like um like leather workers or or something and you're looking at the person who's sitting behind the table 
and they they have these things that they've made presented and you're shopping and looking at all the things you see this tangible item you see this like piece of pottery that someone has made with their hands and you're looking at the person who made it um and somehow seeing that very tangible thing i think people can uh can understand it more because again they see it as like this like product that they can like grab with their hands whereas with some of the things that we're doing it's it's hard for someone to walk through the market and see us sitting there with our ideas and see the um, the thing that they can grab yeah, onto okay, in I the understand. same way yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's not as as tangible in mm-hmm. that way um, which makes it uh, a little more abstract. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of identifying a little bit more as like an artist and like, you know, that you're kind of showing up at, 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 at our table and purchasing a piece of pottery. It's a little bit more like that. And it's funny also how somehow know that because ideas, this is like, this is like the special human thing. I mean, To craft is also very special, but also animals are like the birds are making their nests and so on. Yeah, obviously we craft in a way that is no other uh, being on this planet uh, can do. But it's like then, you know, which animal is creating poems or mm-hmm. or uh, movies or something like this so I mean this is the most special human thing to have ideas to be creative Mm -hmm. not just not just with your hands not to degrade the hands because uh, I mean this is this is where it's all started Mm -hmm. in a sense with the hands and this is where it shall also continue but the ideas like in your head if it's philosophy philosophical ideas or ideas about how to move or how to train and so on it's funny that you somehow have to like then say why should you pay for this because people are asking this ah, why would you pay for this yeah so why are you paying for i mean why are you paying for the for the uh for potatoes they are just growing by themselves in the earth And you're also paying for this, no? Right. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but someone brought them there. Someone had some work and so on and so forth. It's the same with ideas. Someone had them. Someone brought them out into the world. And it's not that if you pay for them, it's not that the person is taking things away from you. It's not like, ah, he takes my money. He takes, yeah, like, it's a bit like like I cut off my arm when I give someone money. This is this win-lose mentality. If I give something... It's me losing and the other person winning, but it's a reciprocity. You're also receiving something. It's not. This is. There's no. There's. It's not a thief or a, a, a robber that jumps in front of you in the forest with a crossbow and says, "Okay, give me all your money, or otherwise I shoot you in the heart." Yeah, that's not the situation. You are receiving something back, and if you obviously, if you think ah, the the value isn't right, then that's another story. Yeah, this can happen, but. Again, we are. This is not the level we're talking about. No, we are not talking about, I don't know, some fraudsters or whatever. Whatever is overpriced. I, I'm not even really coming up with something where that is. 
I mean, there's one protagonist in our in the world of movement where people are regularly saying it's overpriced. But I'm I'm uh, if I think about products, like what are, is there anything that is clearly overpriced? Like I'm not sure. You know, in, in movement? No, no, uh, in uh, in like normal. Mm-hmm things because there are things that are very expensive no let's say a mercedes is very expensive no mm-hmm. like but is it overpriced like i'm not sure like what do i know like maybe i yeah i mean because we live in this free market society like it's very hard actually to over to overprice mm-hmm. things apple products are super expensive mm-hmm. i'm not sure if they are really overpriced in that sense they are expensive but there's also no no need to get them in a sense you know what I mean? well, well i think that like to me like a mercedes for instance falls into like the category of like exclusive right so like it's it, not a basic human need yeah yeah um but what i see in movement is often only like, in germany yeah <laughs> 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 what i see in movement though is often like the the term like inclusive like tossed around quite a bit like this is you know this is meant uh-huh, to be uh-huh. inclusive this is meant to be for everybody mm-hmm. um and there are certain reasons i i I listen to and hear and understand a lot of criticisms about like it not necessarily being inclusive even in relationship to like different bodies, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. What I am interested in though is the, in regard to what we're talking about, like with the financial component is like when we talk about inclusivity, there is a financial component that goes into that as well, Mm. right? Because at a certain point it becomes exclusive and I mean, I've been to some of these expensive events where, as I said, I looked around and I'm like, I realize this is exclusive even though mm. we're claiming it's inclusive. Mm. Maybe on the movement level, the moves or the games could be inclusive in terms of that they, they can be done by anybody. Mm. But getting to participate in it is exclusive. And, you know, sometimes it's okay for things to be exclusive if we own that, you know? We say, oh, like... For instance, it could be a handstand workshop or something, and it might say, like, hey, you need a 60-second handstand to participate in this. Okay, great. Well, now you've made it exclusive. It's only for that per- group, and that can be okay. You know, that's the education level. But I do think that if uh, if we do care about, you know, claiming some sort of inclusivity of the of the practice in some way, it also transcends into the economic component and not just the the physical body component yeah Yeah, i see and and that can matter too as i said earlier you know to me i care deeply about looking around and seeing because i care about communication you know i care about us like exploring our potential for communication and that means exploring our our potential for communicating with all types of people in all types of spaces you know and not just some people, you know, who have certain kinds of experiences in certain kinds of spaces. Yeah, I think this is almost a bit like uh, there are these outliers almost. I think this, like you said, there are this very, some are teaching very expensive workshops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean. Definitely, that definitely, this is a v- these are then very exclusive workshops. 
Um, I mean, I was always wondering how people can afford so much money for such things, you know? Um, because well, I found that it ends up kind of trickling down. So, like, for instance, I owned a gym, right? yeah. and I was studying yeah. movement in a certain way that was, like, extremely expensive, um, which made it exclusive. So, in return, I had to make what I was doing exclusive so that I could afford to keep doing the thing that I was doing. So I had to make it only accessible to certain people who could continue to like bankroll my thing or the, the, the practice that I was exploring. Or you would have needed to have so many participants that that would be the other thing, no? Right. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of gets handed down. You're like, it, or it trickles mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that that... But then as I looked around, I realized I was like, oh, like, not to say that everybody was the same, but everybody was kind of arriving at life from like a, a, a more similar experience than from a different experience, mm -hmm. you know, and, okay. and being in a place like New York City. I mean, you can look around and you're like, oh, my gosh, people are, are arriving at life in so many different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be m more interesting for all of us to get to like have the potential to communicate with with all these people and this is still a lesson that i'm learning as i go along and it's why we're continuing to have the conversation yeah but um yeah it, it, i i think it matters and i think it also matters when you start to care about things you know like i've said it before and i find myself repeating myself but they're wonderful teachers who i really care about and i really love and i love taking their classes but you know i think that there are people who are just caught up on like the content of their material and it's wonderful content, but the, what they want to present is just content. Um, but when you have like a, as I always say, like a message that the content is like a vehicle for, or you have values that the content's a vehicle for or, or, or something that yeah. is a little bit more, it's like, well, then it's somehow aligned with like what you'd like to see in the world. And if that, really does matter than finding these places for accessibility probably matters as well. And yeah, I, I think that some of the ideas we're getting into here are, are super interesting and are kind of inspiring, you know, various uh, ideas for me. But I think um, it's also worth, you know, people considering is like, oh, like basically like why, why are you teaching? Mm -hmm. Why are you teaching? What are you teaching? You know, what does it mean if people have access to this? You know, like little kids often play that game where they'll say like, why are you doing that? And then you give an answer and they say, yeah, but why? And then you say, give an answer. And then they say, why again? And it's like by the 10th, why you get to some sort of like, you know, ex existential answer about the universe or something. But like, usually you just say because it is like this. Yeah, because just because. <laughs> but in, but if you keep doing that why game, it's like you get closer and closer to like oh like why this matters. Yeah. And and maybe if you have this really rich why, maybe there's like a, a desire to like find find ways. There isn't a way, but find certain ways of like creating opportunities for for various people. You know, I've seen yeah. people who I really think are doing amazing stuff who do workshops but then they also do classes but then they also do some free online content and even that's really interesting to me 
you know, it's not always like creating like a tiered thing, but also creating, you know, different layers of access to the material that they're presenting. Um, yeah, all, all, all these things are, 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 are wonderful approaches. But as I said before, I'm like, I don't know if everybody kind of looks and feels the same. Like, I don't know if you believe in accessibility, it's something worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I understand what you mean. Yeah. It makes, yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. Uh, sense. It can very much relate to this. I think, I mean, there is a case of, Yeah, for me, it almost feels like this outlier situation because that I feel this situation with the people that I'm dealing with, like on a daily basis in Germany, the people that I have contact with, you know, other teachers and so on, and teachers I learn learn from in the last years. There's there is not this situation that something is expensive in an exclusive way but it's like it's it's like a price that is just decent it's sort of non-negotiable in this i mean obviously it can be higher and lower but it's like yeah this the price makes a lot of sense but i think what you also mentioned is no there is the situation that things get very big for example or get how do i say things get big but big in an exclusive way like let's say this worship costs 1000 euros or something like this and uh, for whatever days uh, for whatever time and uh, it's already an exclusivity and at the same time it's so big that the price could be lower because price is usually made up of um, uh, or the or how, how do you make a price is like you figure out how much do you want to earn and then you look how many people are attending and then you divide this money by people and if there are more people then you can charge less mm -hmm. and they have less people then you charge more no like if you do a one-on-one -on -one training obviously costs much more than uh, per for a person yeah let's say a person pays 100 euros per hour uh, whereas in the group training a person just pays 10 euros per hour no that's the normal thing but then there is this situation where uh, prices made and then it's ex in it's in a sense exploding like there's 50 people at the workshop but the price is in a sense like it would be just 10 people and the price is not adapted and then there is a feeling of oh wow now that feels now a bit expensive because there are now so many people and if there are so many people couldn't it be mm -hmm cheaper like a book got you know like the now that we have the printing press what costs a book book costs like 10 euros 20 euros but someone was sitting a year to write a book or maybe two or maybe his whole lifetime to write a book and just costs 10 euros why because the distribution of a book is usually you know like tens and thousands of of people which is a problem in itself also no like okay if you write a book it's like you need to really get a lot of a huge audience or you write for a special audience that values like maybe you're writing a medicinal like a book about medicine that people need to buy for the university and then this costs like 150 euros and only a few thousand uh, people buy this but i think this is the discrepancy that is happening there that 
it could be actually priced lower because so many people are interested. So why is it not priced lower compared to, yeah, I'm the guy just teaching five people and that's it. I'm just, you know, could be like I, I teach this five people, but then these five people have to pay for my life. Mm -hmm. But if I have 5,000 people, then I could charge much less. And then I could also, then I have much more possibilities with inclusivity, no? Or I can offer them. And then if I don't offer them, then people start to look a bit like, you know, like, couldn't they be, why is the iPhone so expensive? Like, it could be, there are so many people buying, couldn't it be cheaper? Like, a bit of a dumb example, but uh, because I wanted to give an example that's not from this world. You know, this, mm. this is a bit the situation, I, I feel. And this is why I call it a bit of an outlier, because for most people, that's not the situation that, as we say in German, dass die Leute einem die Bude einrennen, that people, uh, you know, are sort of running into your into your gym and making the gym explode because it's too, it's too crowded. I think for many, for most owners of gyms and people making these things is more like, yeah, I have enough people or I have not enough or I have a bit more than enough, but mm -hmm. it's not that there is a 30 people lying in front of the toilet mm -hmm. all the time or something like this. Yeah, I think still like the... Uh continues to like come back to a little bit of that idea of like abundance and excess a little I still think uh, yeah everybody kind of having that opportunity to like like I do it a lot like looking at my life and thinking you know what how much do I really need you know and when I really think about what I need or how much that is to like really live this a life that is not necessarily one of abundance, but like one that continues to like help feed the education that I think supports what I want to share and be out there doing what I, I, I think matters. Like, you know, it helps me frame what, what I think something is worth, you know? It's not just driven by any sort of demand or, or, or something like that because, yeah, with, with that, it's like we start, I don't know, yeah as I said before I feel like I'm repeating myself but I do think that like that that idea of growth or the ideas of abundance or 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 excess is 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 super seductive you know what I mean and with you know I forget the song uh mo money mo problems you know you know this you've heard this this is a song you, you never heard that you never heard the idea you never heard the term mo money mo problems Mm, no, not, yeah, not like this. I'll, not I'll, like I'll, this. I'll, I'll yeah, Google yeah, it for yeah. you after. But the idea that, like, you know, yeah. you know, like the, it's like the more you have, the more you kind of take on, you know. Yeah. And in a, even if it's like incremental or small, like you know, I've had it where I've like, I've made just a little more money, so I've gotten like a little bit bigger apartment, you know, uh -huh. or I've got a little more money, so I've taken, uh, a little more like extravagant vacation. Yeah. And then the, 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 the bar changes yeah. of like the expectations yes, 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 and then, you know, ask a little bit more, expect a little bit more from, from students or clients or something, but I don't know, continue to go through the reframing and the, and the re-asking of what do I need? You know, 
Am, am I am I am I participating in abundance or am I am I asking for just enough? You know, I think um, maybe it's a a reminder to not just like ask like people who are paying to come to a class to have that man in the mirror moment, but you know maybe for me personally also continuing to be like, oh, which which level am I at? You know, where what what is enough? Because there there is a I mean it. Yeah, definitely. There's like with everything, there is a bit of a danger to it as well. No, like okay, let's say you're starting with you're like 20, 18 years old, and you do your stuff, and you don't have any money, and then you live like uh, yeah, somewhere on the you sleep somewhere on the floor, let's say, and you buy the cheapest food that is a bit like GMO chemical stuff on there or whatever you know like it's something where i feel like okay like i cannot afford anything else but that's it um you ride the subway as a free rider yeah you cannot afford the ticket and and so on and so forth so then you get more money like suddenly okay now i can pay for ticket yeah okay now i can buy for better food i can maybe uh, stop, um, stop to sleep on the couch of a friend but get my own first room in a uh, shared in a flat share uh, and so on okay the next thing that happens is the the uh, I always think about it as, as an uh, elephant I think because there's this children's book that I read to my kids sometimes and there's this tiger and the tiger and uh, a bear it's very known in Germany it's a German thing and they there are many books, but then one day get a, um, how do you say, from the, uh, how do you say this, when the pirates, they, in the ground, they bury a, a treasure. A treasure, yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah. A treasure, and then they, <laughs> and then it shows how they lose all the money, and basically one, one incident is, there's this, and I think it's an elephant, and he's like from the king, you know, and takes the taxes. Then <laughs> it shows a picture how he goes around the. They walk around the forest, and he walks around the forest the other way. Mm -hmm. And then they meet him again, like after a few minutes. And then he says again, "Oh yeah, we need more taxes and so on." So that's the next thing that happens. No, I can remember this very vividly. How I because I was always self-employed because it, so like this, my finances were always very clear for me. And I started, and I didn't have to pay any tax and I didn't have to pay any health insurance and then the next moment I earn my money but then also like you know the hands open the hands open from the state the hands open from blah 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 and it's like you earn more uh, but the percentage of what goes away is high and sometimes you feel like I'm earning more but I have less although I don't and so on there's all this stuff you know until you get to a I would say a point where there is sort of a normality i mean you have maybe your own flat or your share flat or your or you yeah you you can pay for your for your transportation normally you don't have to worry like every second of your life about it and what you will buy in the end like it's not that it's not anymore like a thing in your head like every second of your life like uh like in german we say to flip the coin all all the time you know if i can if i can give this coin to something and I think that's then the moment where it's very important to to um, how do you say 
to yeah to, to look into the mirror yeah like you said and the danger that i want to talk about is it can because it can also be that you say okay yeah i don't need anything and so on and so forth but maybe then also in a sense the society is but just a bit cruel to you because these resources are there we we i mean in the us and germany we live in this very this is a society of abundance where the problem is mainly that uh the abundance is not distributed very well yeah mm -hmm. so the danger is that you you sort of settle very low danger but it's very good no also to say yeah i can like i don't need anything like for me it's the same like i I've often do this as an exercise what do i really need and to realize you know as long as i have my sleeping bag and my mattress i actually i'm already fine you know because i can just sleep in the forest mm -hmm. and i have my clothes i have everything is ready like i can pack my bag and i can just go and then i can get some food out of the i can dumpster dive or something like this like I can survive, you know, without without money in that sense. So, so that th that's there. And on the other hand, what are the what what is actually the resources that the society has? You know, that where I can also participate and where I can also say, yeah, actually, with all the work that I'm doing, I think it's also fair to be able to, uh, yeah, pay for my rent or something like this. No, and at the same time not getting getting into the spiral of growth where earning more means uh um like accumulating more accumulating more yeah but where earning more can also mean uh having more mm, yeah more resources available for important things or where it can mean to have more relaxation mm -hmm. about money Because that's obviously also a thing, no? The, to accumulate a certain wealth that can be very different for everyone. Because if, let's say, you are a person that lives with very little money and just needs 10,000 euros a, a year, and you have uh, accumulated, you are very like you, yeah, you don't, you earn more than what you need, and blah blah blah. And that's someone you have 50,000 euros, and then it shows, I, I could actually live five years without earning any money because I'm living uh, uh, not on a big foot this is how we say in, in German yeah so we're in a sense wealthy no not wealthy from a normal standard maybe of uh, I don't know Germany or the US okay yeah, 50,000 okay it's, it's very good to have because but many, most people this is what they need in one year mm -hmm. yeah or even they need more I don't know like I think in Germany is maybe what what the families often using in in a year, um, uh, because now I'm getting to the point where I wanted to talk with you earlier, but I forgot almost mm -hmm. that when I read the book, um, I think I think it w uh, it's called the short history of almost everything or something like this is one of the Bill Bryson books I don't know I'm not sure if it's this but it's one of his books and he talks a lot of, a lot about how different things have been discovered and so on and so forth and I read it and I thought like wow like all the each person he's talking about like that uh, had this and this discovery blah 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 seems to be some English uh, almost lord you know like living in a manner that doesn't need to work 
and just has a lot of free time. It was interesting because I felt, ah, yeah, okay, this, in in many centuries, m the a high percentage of the people that were like figuring out many very important things for humanity were these people that were that didn't need to work. So there is also a good thing in this, no, and that we have some. Uh, rich people obviously we don't need like Louis XIV like Louis the the 14th you know like mm -hmm. or something like this or Marie Antoinette like because they didn't find out probably many I don't know if they found out anything mm -hmm. yeah but there are these people okay they get super bored yeah ah, I don't need to work so I just start to walk around and flip stones around ah and realize ah there's this there's this now ah, no one ever saw this That's the one situation. And then the other situation is that we already talked about a tiny bit, mm -hmm. is if the, the, so there's the creativity that comes through that, mm -hmm. through the boredom, mm -hmm. you don't need to work. And then there is the creativity through the opposite. From through necessi the necessity. Necessity, from the survival, mm -hmm. no? Like uh, one, uh, one friend of mine who's a musician in, in Germany uh, and he's a, a known musician and knows other known musicians and told me about this known uh, rapper, German rapper, uh, who got, I don't know, his first con big contract or something like this, got a lot of money and basically used all this money directly to buy a very expensive watch. And then people asked, why, why are you doing this? Like, you know, you had no money and now you have all this money and you spend everything on this watch. Are you crazy? And then he, and then he said, yeah, you, you need to stay hungry. So he got rid of all his money, sort of, you know, he gets again right, to, like, to, to like stay um, in the survival, in the survival place, yeah. mode. And this I found interesting. The rapper I really dislike. This, this, <laughs> this, this guy's music is very terrible, I think. But, but uh, this, this notion I found very interesting that mm. to say that he sort of realizes in a sense it's dangerous to, to, to be settled. So I rather spend my money for unnecessary Well, you know what it is? It's like this balance between like, like the familiar and the unknown, right? Or like the, the, the safety and the uncertainty, right? I'm actually reading right now, um, uh, mating in captivity. Have you ever heard of this book? It's about relationships and sex and things like that. But like they talk about, she is speaking about this idea of like what kind of keeps this like kind of healthy, healthy this kind of relationship that's still exciting and and dynamic alive is by having this like balance of like known and unknown when like we get too comfortable in a relationship right um often it's because like there's almost too much known there's too much familiarity but the tension comes from having like the familiar and the and the unfamiliar right um so it's almost like in this situation it's like you know too much security can be uh, as detrimental as having too much unknown or too much uncertainty or too much of uh, the fearful place of what's going to happen tomorrow. And having that kind of like happy balance of the two is where, you know, you have the room to go turn over stones and there's a little bit of that like hunger To, to feed yourself tomorrow at the same time. And uh, although I think it's in a sense two different 
situations, you know, because the I think the opposite situation of the survivor situation is that you are in a work mm -hmm. uh, situation where you are, for example, employed and you earn your money. You know what I mean? Like you, in a sense, you have no time, like you, how do I say, like, yeah, you work your 40 hours and you can, you earn enough money to sustain how you want to live and so on and so forth and then you settle you know which is a bit different from the English lord mm -hmm. that he d really has nothing to do like he's not working 40 hours a week so he needs to find something to do mm -hmm. with his time and then he gets creative or not like I guess there's many more that have not started to figure something out about some fossils or something like this mm -hmm. uh, compared to the ones that Uh, uh, figured it out but both create sort of the need to do something no uh, I have nothing to do so I want to do something because that's a weird situation to live like to do nothing mm -hmm. is number one or it just happens like things are happening you know like uh, with people said about uh, René Descartes that he spent a lot of time just actually in his bed and thinking mm -hmm. you know and then he came up with this all these things that we might agree or disagree on but he definitely came up with things um, on or you are forced from the survival mm -hmm. you know to come up with with things which you also said like you experienced and which was very creatively nourishing for you Yeah, but I, the more I, I, I think about it, the more I think about what you're saying, it's like, you know, so much of it is also just like mindset, like depending on like where you're at in life, it doesn't always have to be necessarily financial, it can just be how we, how we choose to see our days, right? And yeah, the, the, the balance of like the doing and the not doing and the balance of like the boredom and the action, um, they're they're not like one or the other they're like kind of two sides of the same coin and somehow having the space for both is pretty valuable um but we're you know we're also acknowledging now that like there are certain circumstances in life that people have um that lean more towards one or the other but in some ways like the dance between the two are really really nice you know the boredom leads to action The action creates a fatigue that might lead to boredom, which leads to some new kind of action. You know, they're the, they're the two sides, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, understanding now that, <clears throat> yeah, there, there are potentially like different economic situations that favor one or the other is fascinating. What do you mean with the last sentence? Like, um, Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I know. I mm. understand. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But somehow, almost, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe recognizing or respecting that, like, whatever our, our our economic situation is, like, you know, there can be this like healthy dance between the two. You know. I think I have both in my life pretty much. Like, I have this urgent situation where I feel like, okay, like, mm -hmm. how is my what I present also. uh create income for me and my team like how how are we putting this into the world and so on and then there is the other places where where 
I take my time actually to, in a sense, like exactly not do this. Okay, uh, maybe I just yeah play around with things. Maybe I'm just lying around actually. Maybe I'm just walking around, and. I would say a lot of the foundational work mm -hmm. that I work with have been created in these situations where I sort of in an abundance mm -hmm. situation where I feel I have my time, I, there's no clock, I can just be. Mm -hmm. And then putting it into a digestible form this often was held by also urgency. Okay, mm. now I have to make something out of it that I can present, that mm. I can bring in into the world in a, in something that makes sense to people that they can understand. Mm. Yeah, this is really needed now. Maybe because it can be financial reasons, but it can be also just that I that someone is asking for it. Ah, like I have this problem. Like, how can you give me some resources about that? And it's like, yeah, I have do all this myself but now I need to okay now there is the the demand is there mm -hmm. I need to put it in a way uh, for people to digest and I, I do uh, some tricks about it that I'm a bit hesitant to share but I will do now is that I sometimes actually set up things that are not fully prepared from my side like for example I say I I on next week I will present this. I tell people next week I will present this to you, yeah. But I, it's not ready, yeah. And then it's like okay, you know, like it's like the foundation is all there. So I can say mm -hmm. next week I present this, but the digestion of um, how do you say yeah to that. Uh, or making it digestible, like putting it in an in a, in a communi in a communicable way, is not mm -hmm. yet fully done. But through this urgency, I then yeah, the energy is there, form to make it to create mm -hmm. to create it mm -hmm. that it's there in a presentable way. So I play with this because I know about the. Yeah, both sides and I for me if I stay too much in the urgency this becomes very this becomes dangerous like mm -hmm. my risk of uh, getting sick goes up mm -hmm. yeah or my level of how do you say ag agitation or like you know anxiety, yeah, anxiety yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this stuff goes up and then I need to make sure that yeah, I don't have too much of this mm -hmm. all the time. It's a bit like, do you know the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? I know the book, but I've never read that one. Yeah. Mm. It's a very good book. Like, uh, the title is very, in German, we would say it's very American. Mm -hmm. It is very American. <laughs> <laughs> in American, we say it, it's very American. <laughs> um, but it's a very good book. He has a, one model in there which has four quadrants and um so you have urgent and important mm -hmm. important and not urgent urgent and not important mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and not important and not urgent. And he says mostly work is done in this is claim either in uh, urgent and important, urgent and not important, mm -hmm. or not urgent and not important. But people are not spending enough time in what he says is quadrant two. Mm. Important, but not urgent, you know? Mm. Because the urgent stuff is always like going first, going first, going first. But to be able to be in this quadrant two, to work on important stuff that is not urgent, this is uh, quite a mastery about like how to set up your life like your schedule you know what's all interesting this is i think that also like we're in like the world of infinity right in the world where we have so much access to being able to see all the potential things we can do we may start defining a lot more things as urgent than actually are i think uh I just finished a book that I really, really like. It's one of these ones where I keep recommending it to people, this book, 4,000 Weeks. It's this book uh, about um, this amount of time is, is approximately how long we will live. If that's what your time is limited to, which is finite, what do you do with that time? How do you spend your days, right? And we can often be made to feel like we're supposed to do more. And every time we, we accomplish things thinking we're done and time fills out with more things for us to do, you know, it's kind of like this weird trick that's played on us, but we also attempt to accomplish a lot because we want to squeeze in as much as we can. And, and I think we're also fed this idea of squeezing more in because we see so much out there, you know, with like all the YouTubes and the Instagrams, it's like you see so many things that you can do with your life and with your time. You're like, I want to do it all. And there is almost a sense of urgency to it. Like, oh, do this and do this and do this and get this in too. Um, but yeah, he really proposes, says, proposes and is stating that like you are not going to do everything. You're going to have to choose. And it's going to happen inevitably. But the sooner you kind of accept the choosing, the sooner you might uh, be able to really relish in the, the few things that you've chosen, right? Um, and I was thinking about that as you were talking about, like, you know, um, important and urgent, or what was it, urgent and not important, something like that. But the idea that I think we might potentially start defining things as urgent that maybe aren't urgent or things that are important that aren't quite important either, you know, and kind of taking some time to, to, to investigate what those things are is valuable. At one point in the book, he says, make the list of the 10 things that you really want to do and put them in order of what you, of, of them, you know, and then erase the bottom seven <laughs> because they're not going to happen. But then you have those three and you can really like, get in there and like be with them in the in the really rich way instead of feeling the urgency to like do them all you know there's a little bit of a turn from what you were saying but yeah with the idea of urgency yeah. I feel like there's like a um, maybe a bit of like a culture of like urgency to like do as much as you can yeah yeah definitely and also there's a this goes very far away from our topic but no this is uh, but 
there's one maybe it doesn't go so far away from our topic if we phrase it like this that that it's a, like to accumulate like like yeah like you said more and more and more but also to do a lot and to be very busy and to yeah because then if we can get a bit out of the spiral then maybe the question comes also again like what are we paying money for yeah what are we wa what do we want to use our money for because money is is power not the only power but it is a power in the world that shapes what's happening what's happening next if i give money somewhere it's i said again this is pressing on the button like this this shall continue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is our one of our many tools that we can shape the world like participating in shaping the world with right because by paying for something you're saying you're saying yes to it I like the way you said that like you're saying this should continue on yeah mm -hmm. I also think that it's worth also being free to like not just feel like we're obliged to celebrate more and celebrate growth but also maybe more so celebrate just enough and celebrate mediocre because I think things are a lot more like that than they are the other side you know I think uh, you know we're the only kind of creatures that seem to be caught up on like uh the more better best um mm. everything else in the world is feels like it's just doing enough and i think that that's an okay thing to to celebrate and accept as well you know and i don't know how that applies necessarily to the money but it might actually kind of accepting those things may decide how we navigate our financial decisions in some way i think this also connected with being how do you say like in a sense like more focused on yourself but not in an egoistic way but what I mean is less looking you know what other people are doing and mm -hmm. have and so on less in a to less think competitively but to more um, so the picture uh, I like this I like the following picture that you deeply rest on your inner couch You know, <laughs> instead of like being like uh, this anxiety state of what are other people are doing and are they better than me and so on and so forth. And I, I think, yeah, there is obviously there's a sense of like quality that y you have to yourself or, or for yourself. Like how do you say to for? Well, I don't know what uh, how to say it probably in English, but you know, like you. Like you have your own dignity, you know, and you don't want to, I don't know, like you want to be, you are human, so you have a dignity, so it's good to, in a sense, be that also, no? Uh, but that doesn't need to mean that I always relate myself to other people mm -hmm. and... and what they're doing. If I rest more in myself... 
then there's less comparison also. And if there's less comparison, then there's less actually of uh, yeah, good enough or mediocre or, or better or the best and so on. It disappears also a bit more mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if that disappears a little bit, like, I don't know. Maybe it, it, it changes what we... Maybe it changes what we say yes to, what we, like, give the approval to that it keeps going on, or presses that button, you know? Like, if I'm invested in, in, in being just enough as I am without comparing myself or competing with something else, what I'm going to press the button for yes to or I'm going to invest in, it might be very, very, very different than what I'm going to invest in and say yes to if I'm trying to compete or if I'm trying to, like, grow. Yeah, it will be something. It will be harder to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's find a, find a few sentences to wrap it up, no? Like our, mm-hmm. I say always with, uh, in my... Uh, in my German podcast uh, with, with Sasha that I have, we always say the Schlussplädoyer. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, uh, in English you also have this word, plädoyer, a similar word. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is like your, when you have an argument, mm-hmm. then you say your, oh, you know, your last... Like your closing statement. Closing statement, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Schlussplädoyer, mm-hmm. closing statement. So what is our uh, closing statement? I start, mm-hmm. I start, Kyle. So, um... This idea of the different tires that you have presented, this I really like, especially the way that you have presented it with that there's not just, okay, this is, let's say this is the normal price and this is the subsidized price or, so, or something like this, but to say clearly, if that's your situation, then you are in this tire, and if that's your situation, you are in this tire, and so on and so forth. And I'm really thinking um, how to implement this into my work. I'm thinking a long time about something like this, but this gave me something more clear. My concern is with the complexity of the matter, sort of with it bloats a bit this money aspect suddenly, mm-hmm. instead of just saying this is the price and let's not like talk too much about money like either you can pay it or you cannot pay it mm-hmm. Th- that's my concern that I have in my head mm-hmm. but on the other hand I'm very open for experimentation so maybe I just experiment with this tire thing and then after a year look like is is it is it too complex for people like does it does it get a lot of emails of people are confused or or is it or what do people say and so on so i feel that might be my my next experiment in a way yeah so thank you very much for for sharing uh, for this conversation because i'm definitely not just like uh taking things out on a conceptual level but on a, on a, on a practical level actually mm. yeah nice i um It's funny because I spend a lot of time mulling over the money thing Um, and maybe I get a little uh, idealistic and, you know, throw around terms like, you know, 
indirect reciprocity and uh, gift economy and things like that because I, it's really the th- type of thing that I wish to see. But getting to hear your perspective, especially with a lot of like your experimentation and especially when you were talking about kind of the idea of you can't go to the grocery store and do the same thing or any of the other necessities that we need um, and play the same game of, of sort of like, oh, well, somebody gave me a book. Can I give you the book? And then you give me some potatoes or anything like that. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work if not everybody's kind of playing that way. Um, yeah, it leaves me thinking a little more about like, continuing to like maybe embrace some of like the idealism I have and the, and the values that I, I want to move through with, but also a little bit more reconciling with like the, the world we're also navigating in at the same time. And like, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was helpful. And also I just admire, um, yeah, like you being somebody who's willing to like tinker with these things and not necessarily to, to, subscribe to 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 what's happening out there naturally that you're willing to i don't know be the person who's like i'm going to do a free class for a year to see what happens and and play with it a little bit you know like i you know i think we're both fans of like getting lost i think we even talked about it on my podcast that idea of like not using google maps all the time um and i don't know to me it's actually uh a little bit of leading from the front of getting lost, even in like the, the economic standpoint and, and, and playing with that a little bit. So yeah, I admire that a lot. Nice. Cool. Okay. Then I think we say goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>